There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What up? It's the Crossover Pod Friday edition. I'm Howard Beck, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. Kevin Durant now a Phoenix Sun. We saw him in Sun's gear this week. We saw him have his introductory press conference in Phoenix on Thursday. Immediately after that, I had Michael Lee jump on to chat a little bit about it for the pod. Michael Lee is somebody who I think knows Durant maybe as, as, as well or better than most of us in NBA media. A lot of one-on-ones with him over the years, and he always seems to get something interesting and unique out of Kevin Durant, most recently back in December when Durant Durant was still with the Nets. Michael Lee had a great story that you should all go look up. And he's got a lot of great insights into what makes Durant tick and why Kevin Durant is now a Phoenix Sun instead of a Brooklyn Net and uh, what that all might mean going forward, what's at stake for him in Phoenix, all of that. And stay tuned for the very end because Michael Lee had some very righteous rants (laughs) about All-Star Weekend, which is where I am right now. Michael is not. But uh, Michael's got a few thoughts on the state of All-Star Weekend. Uh, Before we get to all that, the usual reminder, please rate, review, subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts. If you want uh, to hit me up on Twitter with any feedback, you can hit me at at Howard Beck. Okay, my conversation with Michael Lee is coming up next, so stick around. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Back. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Back. 
Now, very pleased to be joined by my good friend and Kevin Durant whisperer, Michael Lee. Mr. Michael Lee, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, man. It's, it's always good to, to, to chat with you in whatever setting. You too. Um, and we're doing this a few hours after Kevin Durant had his opening press conference in Phoenix. And you were the first person I thought of to, to discuss this, this moment in Kevin Durant's career, this moment for the NBA. But more than anything, I think I'm just curious about your thoughts on Kevin Durant and what this means for him personally, professionally, his legacy, because you are, I, I, I joke about Kevin Durant whisperer, but you're one of the handful of guys in the media ranks who have over the years of his career built up a really good rapport with, with KD. Anytime you drop in, whether he was in Golden State, whether in, in Brooklyn, as you did in December, you can drop in and know that, you, that he's going to give you some time. And he's going to be really candid with you in a way that he often is not on a day-to-day basis. And you had a ph- phenomenal story uh, with him. It, it feels like it was yesterday. And it wasn't that. It really wasn't that long ago. December 21st, you had the story, I think it was. Uh, the headline was, Kevin Durant still just wants to hoop. The game demands more. At that moment, Michael, you were talking to Katie about all the challenges he had faced to that point in Brooklyn, which included at that moment... Kyrie's latest uh, controversy and suspension because of the anti-Semitic film. And, you know, it was a, it was a story about the distractions and Katie just kind of like being about everything but that. And now here we are, flash forward two months, and Kevin Durant is a Phoenix Sun. Kyrie Irving is a Dallas Maverick. And we just heard Durant talk at least a little bit about what he, why he's where he is and what he expects. So let me just start here. As someone who's known him well over the years and has talked to him many times over that time and, and I think has a good understanding of what the way he's wired, what was your main takeaway from the press conference today? What stood out in terms of just the the Kevin Durant persona and what he's projecting or trying to tell us right now about this moment? Yeah, I think the one thing that stood out to me was just there was a moment when he was asked about to reflect on his time in Brooklyn and he got really choked up. You know, he almost... Uh, started crying. He didn't. He, he got really choked up talking about just what these past four years have been for him in his life and his career. You know, he recovered from the Achilles injury. Um, he said the Nets really helped him get through some tough times. And I look at it from a lot of a lot of perspectives. You know, when you look at the decisions that Katie has made, you know, since he left Oklahoma City, you know, there was something that he was seeking when he went to to join the Warriors. I mean, they obviously wanted to win a championship, but really it was that brotherhood that the Warriors had that just kind of drew him in. The fact that, you know, they had a core of guys who didn't just play great basketball together, but they enjoyed being around each other. And he wanted to be a part of that. He wanted to just sort of connect in the same way he did when he was, you know, at the University of Texas or in high school. You know, he bounced around a lot, uh, but he, he always tried to find a connection with his teammates and um, I don't know if he necessarily had that in Oklahoma City. And if he did, they kept trading all guys he was close to. Until, so by the end, it was just him and Russ. But there was something about Golden State that that appealed to him. He went there. He won. But then, you know, things kind of got fractured a little bit. Um, so when he chose Brooklyn, he actually chose friendship first. You know, um, he wanted to play with his friends. He wanted to play with DeAndre Jordan. He wanted to play with Kyrie Irving. <clears throat> And he also wanted to win and do all the other stuff. But it was sort of a decision that was rooted in, um, you know, establishing, you know, trying trying to win with friends as opposed to, um, you know, win with 
other just colleagues, right? Yes. And so I, I think that there was an emotional connection to Brooklyn, and there was a reason why he wanted to be there and to be with Kyrie and to win with Kyrie. Um, but things obviously didn't work out there. They, neither one of them were on the floor together enough. They made the trade for Harden, um, you know, to, to kind of have the super team. And, you know, you know how it goes. Sometimes you might be might be friends with somebody and they're not feeling your friend and you can't bring them all together. And then they <laughs> then they break up and then the whole thing blows up. And that's what happened. So I think he's probably just going through a lot of just feeling regret, you know, kind of wondering how did this whole thing collapse and how, how did it all fall apart? And now he's in this position where, <laughs> you know, he goes from this huge failure in Brooklyn, which is really all I can classify it as. I mean, it in terms just from a basketball perspective, it, it was a failure um, in, in terms of the, the experiment. And he goes right from that to the pressure of having to try to win a title in that first right away in 23 games to figure it out in a very tough, tightly compacted Western Conference, which he's familiar with. Um, but I, I just honestly feel like there there was a sadness, you know, with how things ended with Brooklyn that probably – was deeper than the sadness he felt leaving Oklahoma City or um, Golden State. You know, I think when he left Oklahoma City, there was fear about how people will react and how people will respond to him, you know, ring chasing or whatever. <clears throat> and then, um, but here, you know, him asking out and demanding out and leaving a situation, a mess that he helped create, um, I think there's some sadness there that, um, he he doesn't have time to really reflect on right now because now there's the pressure of having to win a championship on top of all that's been a probably a really emotional year for him. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's the thing. When he gets emotional that way, we don't see this very often. And we do see guys get emotional in public at times on this stage, but it's often about you know, it's LeBron winning the championship for Cleveland, right? And now he's in tears yeah. because it's tears of joy. It's occasionally some anguish over something else going on. This was unique, Michael. Like Kevin Durant getting emotional when reflecting on Brooklyn was really about the failure, as as you put it. And there's no way around that, right? Like we're not judging. No. It's objectively a failure. You come in with yeah. Kyrie Irving and then eventually with James Harden and the expectations are exactly what they should be, championship or bust. And due to a whole lot of things, almost entirely out of Kevin Durant's control, we can come back to, to his responsibility and all this. But, you know, it's not him getting choked up because I didn't win a championship. It's, it's, I got choked up because, and we're interpreting here, but I, just tell me if you agree. It's he's choked up because he did want to do this his own way, right? He got yeah. cha- he got you wrote about this in that piece in December. Charles Barkley called him like this coattail rider, bus he's rider, like, yeah, bus <laughs> rider, right? Yeah, he wanted to build his own thing. Like he he, you get drafted to. to not Oklahoma. You got drafted to Seattle. Let's be clear, and then yes. <laughs> moved to Oklahoma. And they bailed on you. But but he didn't he didn't get to build that. That was a team that was built around him and got arguably torn apart with the Harden trade before it ever got to come to fruition. Then he chooses Golden State, is criticized, vilified, but wins his two titles, gets all the career validation he could possibly need on some level with two titles and two finals MVPs. But it's always going to have that, yeah, but he went to the team that knocked him out of the playoffs. So like he... He's all about the not let, paying attention to that, but you know it affects him. We know that he's yeah, always he's very sensitive to all, all the criticism. He's he's aware of everything that's said about him. He and knows he exactly always, what people. Yeah, and he always plays both both sides of it. In that he 
says that stuff is what bothers him and or it, it, it doesn't matter to him. But at the same time, he it does bother him and he does feel like he has to respond to it. He's hyper aware of it. And so this was the first, Brooklyn was like this pure um, creation, right? It's not the team I got drafted to. It's not the team that I'm accused of being a bus rider on. I'm going to build something myself. And that's that's where the failure happens is that what they tried to build never got traction at all, mostly because the, the guy he tried to build it with was the worst possible partner that he could have chosen in the NBA. Absolutely. And it's his friend, which probably makes it that much harder. Yeah. And I was, I was saying, I, I was thinking that, you know, one of the issues too, is that, you know, the reason why it crumbled is in part because of the person that he is. Right. Like he always says, I'm just a hooper. I just want to, I just want to show up and, and hoop and ball out. And he wasn't really concerned about all the ancillator stuff, like, you know, contracts and, you know, extensions and like he knew he was gonna get taken care of because, you know, the Nets were the Nets loved him. He was a pro. He showed up every day. He did what he was asked to do. He did it without complaint. You know, at least not. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I know that he showed up every game that he could play, and he gave it his all. And he put up big numbers coming back from the Achilles injury. So um, they 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 got a pro out of him. Um, but you know, you add the Kyrie element, and he just seemed to be in a completely selfish zone of just like I, this franchise gave me the keys and I'm going to drive this car off the cliff. <laughs> you know, if you give me a new car, I'm going to let that car go off the cliff too. You know, like <laughs> he, he did not value uh, the responsibility that the franchise gave him. He, he took it for granted and disrespected it. And then in the end stomped on it. And I just thought that, um, you know, and then James, you know, he's really close with James. And I think he felt like, he wanted to kind of help validate James's career in some ways to, by helping him win a championship because he had already been a made man himself. And then James bailed on him and that just felt weird to him, you know? Yeah. And like, so James bails on him and then Kyrie bails on him, you know, and it's over all over things that have nothing to do with basketball. All over things that like, you know, that the, the main thing was the main thing, like trying to play together, win a chip. We can never get on the floor together and we can never focus on what matters and you know when he kind of broke down you know his answer about how um you know we really had a good thing going because they were 18 and 2 you know before he got hurt they were on this amazing run they were right um behind boston you know for a top seed and then uh in the east and then all of a sudden he gets hurt and things just crumble you know you feel like man like you know i get hurt and, and we go to you know we go to the toilet again and I'm sure he's feeling, you know, some deep responsibility for what happened last year when he got hurt. And then this year when he gets hurt and, and then it just got snatched from him. Like, I mean, he could have stayed, I guess, and try to fight through uh, a helpless situation that he wasn't going to win in, or he could just find the ideal situation that looked like, you know, where he wanted to go at the beginning of his trade demand last year. And so he, he's landed in an ideal spot, but it's not, the way he wanted to leave. It's not the way he wanted it to end. He wanted to, you know, build something in Brooklyn that had never been built there before. And um, and I think he really liked living in New York City. I think he liked that lifestyle, just being there, um, with the business opportunities that came his way from being there. And just, you know, the rivalry with the Knicks. And, you know, I, I think that stuff, it kind of got him going in a lot of ways. And um, and now, like, traded midseason. Like, he's never been traded midseason. 
Yeah. He's got to pick up and get adjusted to a new place. It's just, um, I'm sure his head is spinning right now. I'm sure it is. Um, even though he landed where he wanted to be, you know, if he had to to be traded, that's where he wanted to go. We knew that even last summer. And so there's, you know, the, the ideal is to land somewhere where you've got the kind of guys around you you can win a championship with, right? Like he's clearly the key to it, but Devin Booker and even an older Chris Paul, those are great teammates to be running with. So on a basketball level, it's exactly what he wants and, and a stability there that he never had with Kyrie. And it's exactly what he needs. <clears throat> he's 34 years old. He'll be 35 in September. And I always viewed it like this. Um, the older you get, it's next to impossible to be the the guy who can really carry you to a championship, you know, on your own. Like you can have your moments, you can do it, but you're going to need young guys to carry you in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think one of the things I would overlook last year when Steph Curry won his fourth ring is the play of Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. Yeah. They were young guys. Andrew Wiggins was a star. You know, in those finals, he was a superstar in those finals, the performances that he that he gave. And, and Steph needed that. He needed a younger guy to carry him along the way. And you can go all the way through NBA history. When an older guy in his late 30s, mid to late 30s, is still winning championships, it's because a, a younger guy is helping him through. Unless it's Michael, that's unique. But Kareem had magic, who was able to push him, you know, along and win those, those last five rings. Um, you know, Shaq had to rely on Dwayne Wade to kind of carry him, you know, after he sort of faded out, um, you know, and so when you got, when you get up in your thirties, you're going to have to rely on a younger guy. And now he's got Devin Booker, who is a, 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 a stud, you know, he's a guy that already led a team to the finals, even without KD. And we know what he's capable of, you know, just by himself. So now you have him there. You also have Aiden, you know, another young guy who, you know, he's up and down, but, He's had his moments too, where yeah. he can be a, he can be a, a young guy that you can that you can ride. In Brooklyn, it was an all KD or nothing kind of show, really. Like he was being asked to get thirty a night, defend, play all you know forty minutes, you know, and that that's going to lead you to getting hurt a lot too and missing a large chunks large chunks of the season. And it's really hard to to go out there and perform when there's that much pressure on you. There's not as much pressure on him to go out there and get 30 a night. He can still do it, yeah. but he has Booker who can step up and, and just carry the, carry the sun some nights. And that'll be what he needs to extend his career and to keep him relevant in ways that he couldn't have been if he had just stayed in Brooklyn. Because I think it probably would have been the same situation over and over again, especially since Ben Simmons wasn't gonna wasn't living up to what they had hoped yeah. he could be. Ben, if, if the Nets were going to be a championship contender, like our legit championship team, they needed Ben Simmons to be Philly Ben Simmons. And he can't be that right now. And I don't know if he ever will be that guy again. And so if you're, if you're Kevin Durant and you're in Brooklyn and you're seeing all this stuff happening, you're seeing Kyrie, you know, going through his thing and kind of flaming out, you know, uh, cause he's not getting his, um, his, his money, you know, you got to find a situation where like, who's the young stud, that can help extend my career. Look at LeBron, you know, yeah. when he went to uh, uh, with the Lakers, he got with AD, you know, AD was in his prime, you know, now obviously LeBron is the best, was the best player, but AD's, you know, youth and was really what elevated him and propelled him. And you can see now if AD is not healthy, the Lakers are not good. 
no matter what kind of numbers LeBron puts up, it's kind of the same thing. So he's in an ideal situation now because he can still be KD, but he doesn't have to be, you know, <laughs> 30 a night, you know, um, in some nights, you know, he, he, don't ha- he doesn't have to worry about empty production anymore because Booker can, you know, plug in all the holes that he can't fill anymore. Well, and he also doesn't have to worry about a co-star either asking out, which Kyrie did, James Harden did. He doesn't have to worry about a co-star being out of shape as James Harden was or disengaged as James Harden was. He doesn't have to worry about a teammate being ineligible for various things that have nothing to do with basketball as Kyrie (laughs) often was, right? Like, Kevin Durant calls himself a hooper. He loves that term and he loves to talk in, in those terms about being all about the game. And he is like, that's, that's, that shit's real with him. Like there's no, it is. They, they, some guys talk that talk, but they, they don't actually carry it day to day. He is. And I believe it. Absolutely. And Chris it's, it's Paul, funny too. Yeah. It's funny I was going to say Chris sorry. Paul and Devin Booker are both that way. So he's with guys who are as dedicated and as serious about it as he is. I think I'm also interested. I mean, I am interested in seeing what happens to him in Phoenix because you know, when he was in Oklahoma City, he played with Russ. And, you know, Russ is great. But Russ kind of had a wild side to him right on the court. Right? Kind of. So, <laughs> so, so, so Katie came across as the stable guy in that, in that relationship. Because Russ is all over the place, you know, Tasmanian devil just all, you know, just you know, taking it to the basket and just wild. Yeah. But, you know, so the whole time that they're in Oklahoma City, everyone's looking at Katie as the stable guy. He goes to Golden State. And he links up with Steph, and then all of a sudden he looks like the total emo, emotional, unstable, unhappy guy. That's like, all right, what's wrong with KD? Why isn't he enjoying the fact that he's winning these rings? And, and it's like he's with Steph, you know, who's totally balanced and cool and calm. And so he looks kind of crazy in a in Golden State. Then he goes to Brooklyn. He's got Kyrie, who just he's like the uh, he has the um, personality of Russ on the court. Yeah. <laughs> he's all over the place yeah. you don't know exactly there's no stability with with Kyrie uh, when it comes to off the court stuff um, and so Katie again becomes the stable guy and so now he goes to to the to the Suns and for the most part like you said that they got stable guys Chris Paul's pretty stable you know Devin Booker pretty stable um, Aiden you know he got his mm. little issues but uh, but for the most part he, he Katie's not going to be compared you know, in reference to him or viewed in reference to him. I'm just interested if he's going to just, just be in a situation where he can just be the cool, stable guy with other stable guys. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. So here's a, here's a, a, an interesting thought, or at least interesting to me, see what you think. But the virtue of Kevin Durant is what we're just talking about, right? Hooper, all about the game, purity of purpose. He's not going to ever be the distraction. Now, he was a, occasionally in Golden State. But yeah. again, it was almost by contrast. And there was you know situation there. But he's he's usually all about the basketball. He's not going to be the guy who's, who's... He is. And, and he, I think I think that's what upset him a lot in Golden State is yeah. that he was... Like, since since Steph had been, had been Steph's team and everybody there loved Steph, you know, he was the outsider that kind of came in and kind of took away some of Steph's shine. So in some ways that meant that people viewed him negatively. And yeah. he was covered, and at least in his his opinion, he was covered negatively because Steph was their guy, and he was never going to be their guy. And so that bothered him that he just wasn't embraced as somebody who just was just a part of the team, right? And not somebody who's taken away from anybody, but really just elevating everybody. And that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to go there and elevate the whole operation, which he did. He but, did. Um, but yeah. in, in some people's eyes, he was just kind of uh, standing in the way of um, of Steph's glow. Yeah. So Kevin Durant, to his credit, and of course, this is Steph Curry to his credit too, doesn't mind going to a team with another MVP on it. Two-time MVP, Steph. Steph welcomes Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's willing to go there. They're both willing to sacrifice and give up a little bit of their games, all of which, again, purity of purpose. I'll, I'll use that phrase again. I think that that is one of Kevin Durant's great virtues. And it's also because he wants to just go play ball, play it at the highest level, play with guys who love to play ball at the highest level too, on and on. The downside of that virtue of Kevin Durant is that he believes, and and I'm saying this because I think this is the way he has carried himself. He believes that that's all it takes. I should just be able to go out there, be one of the greatest basketball players in the history of the world, and he is, and that's enough. But it's not. And the proof of that is the last few years in Brooklyn because he stood by Kyrie Irving, his friend. Now, I'm, I'm, look, I'm a loyal guy myself. I will stand by my friends through thick and thin. We all would like to believe that we would, but not if they're dragging us down and and destroying the things that we're trying to build. At some point, you have an intervention. At some point, you block somebody's number or whatever. Like you, you draw a line. And Kevin Durant being, I think, wired the way he is and being all about the game and thinking like... I, that's it. My mission is to go out there and just kick ass every night, be dominant, be amazing, be this just this brilliant player who's so much fun to watch, and I'm going to win a ton of games, and if guys are with me, we will win a ton of games, and we will have a chance to win championships, but that's not enough, because when you are that great in this league, 
you have leadership responsibilities. You have responsibilities for your surroundings. And at some point, you have to put your hand on the wheel and say, whoa, 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 hold on. I can't let this thing just go off the cliff. And I think that's the part that he has never really wanted. And I get it. Like, not everybody's wired that. Like, not everybody's wired no. like Kobe Bryant or like Michael Jordan or like Shaq. Not everybody's going to be the guy to like stare down their teammates, give them the death stare, like the, the famous Jordan one that we, <laughs> that we saw, obviously, in the last dance. Um, he's not, he, that's not him. He just wants to be one of the guys when it comes to the camaraderie. But as a basketball player, when you're that dominant, the leadership is expected with it, right? You see it yeah. like with Jimmy Butler. You see it with, LeBron James. You see it with a lot of these guys and they lead differently, right? Steph leads differently than those guys. Yeah. Um, see, see with Chris Paul. Same with Chris, yeah, Chris. Yeah. Chris Paul's another one of those guys like you don't want to get on his bad side if, if you're on his team. But Kevin Durant chose not to be the guy like he never called out Kyrie. He never he it was all like, well, that's just off the court stuff. That's not that's not that's not Kevin Durant stuff. And I think while I understand it and I sympathize with it, I I, I do think that that's that's his failure. At some point, you decided to put this thing together. You and Kyrie decided to impose DeAndre Jordan on the Nets when they didn't want to sign him to that deal. They assigned Kyrie probably against their own better judgment because you wanted him. They fired Kenny Atkinson because you guys didn't want him in around anymore. And they hired Steve Nash, at least in part because Nash had a relationship with Kevin Durant. And then they fired Steve Nash when Kevin Durant didn't want him around anymore. And Kyrie never had any reason to want Steve Nash, apparently. Who needs a coach? Who needs a coach, he said. We're all coaches. And Kevin Durant at no point, to our knowledge, certainly not publicly, we don't know what he did behind the scenes, but he never actually said to Kyrie, dude, knock it off, show up, play, get the damn shot, um, stop showing up on like uh, uh, elected officials' Zoom meetings in the middle of the season <laughs> because you're bugging out because of the, the insurrection. Like, there, he never seemed to really take hold of it. And so to me... I think that's his failure. Um, Brooklyn got away from him because of a lot of other things. There were injuries, his own, Kyrie's injuries, James Harden's injuries, bad timing with it all. Obviously, the infamous Kevin Durant, if his foot was only an inch shorter uh, issue um, in, the, in the series against the Bucks, A lot of things conspired against them. If a pandemic never happens, we could go through a thousand what ifs with the, the Kevin Durant Brooklyn Nets era and why it fell far, far short of, of expectations. But at least some of that, some percentage of it is Kevin Durant not really taking hold of this and exercising the leadership that we normally associate with a guy of his stature. Absolutely. And and I think that's one of the things that disappointed me with how this ended in Brooklyn, um, because, you know, like you, you just laid out all the things that he and Kyrie demanded that they do for them. And they did. And they all look like bad decisions now. You know, you mentioned getting hard. I mean, you traded away an all all star center and Jared Allen too, right? You know, and Karis yeah. Levert and Karis and Levert. all of these picks. Yeah. You know, so you can't really package those picks to get you know whatever whatever else you may need. You know, down the road. Um, you know, without you know sacrificing like real talent. Um, and so yeah, they they gave up everything for them, and with the hope that um, that but that but again. That's why if you're Kevin, you need to be with stable guys. Yeah. You can't be with Kyrie because he's going to disrupt the whole operation because you are just somebody who's just going to, you know, you know who you are. You're just going to show up. You're going to work hard and you're going to lead in that way. And I talked to Kevin about that in December about how, how he thinks about leadership. 
in how he how, what how he views it and the way he looks at leadership is if i show up every day you know i'm early show up early leave late work hard and put in my time that's going to set an example for the rest of the team you know you got to look at it just even from his time um in seattle oklahoma city there are a lot of things that um you know that the, that the thunder you know sam presti did to sort of extract that side of Katie out of, out of him that he may not have thought of, you know, he didn't, he traded away Ray Allen. He let Rashard Lewis, you know, go to o Orlando and really started that team with KD and forced him into that, that responsibility to be the face of the franchise because he knew that like, that wasn't something that he wanted, you know, like yeah. throughout his entire basketball career, he's never really wanted to stand out in that way on the court. Like he, you know, he, he knew he was good. He wanted everybody to recognize that he's good, but he didn't want it to be about him. He wanted it to be about the team. And so that's the way it was when he was at Texas, as great as he was at Texas, he wanted to involve all his teammates. Like when he was on the cover, I believe it was uh slam magazine. Like he wanted all of his teammates on the cover with him. Like he didn't yeah. want to be on there by himself. Like that's, that's kind of the way he was, he's wired and the way he's built. Like he's all about that team kind of situation. And so and when they built that team in, in Oklahoma or Seattle or where it started, um, they really wanted to force KD into that responsibility. And so for him, that meant, you know, being the first guy in the gym, busting his tail. And so guys who play with Kevin sort of see the work ethic and they see just how committed he is to the game and how committed he is to his craft and to getting better. And he would hope that people would see that. And that would be the way he leads. And there are different ways to lead, you know, and he also said, that he doesn't want to impede on the true leaders of the team, and that's the coaches. Like, mm -hmm. and he knows that rah rah speeches can only go but so far. You know, like you can, you know, tell other guys, like, yeah, we're gonna do this, and like, you know, if it's not in you, they're not gonna buy it anyway. Yeah. So if that's not something that you can do convincingly, you can't all of a sudden think you just turn it on and be like, yeah, let's let's get on my back and let's go or whatever you whatever yeah. you got to say to get the guys going. Um, he's got to be genuinely who he is. And so that may not be enough, but if, if you know, after 16 years in the NBA, that that's not who you are. They also know if you're being, if you're faking it. Yeah. So, um, and, and so, yeah, I think that that, that is a failing of him, but I say that if that's the case, you have to know yourself. And, you know, my, my concern when he linked up with Kyrie in Brooklyn, I was like, there is nothing that, um, there, there's nothing that's going to make this work because there's no leadership there, but there's also a lack of spirit there. And if you look at every championship team, there's always like a, a positive spirit or force that that is there too. It's not just about leadership. It's about like a positive spirit, like a joyful personality or yeah, somebody. There's like this collective room. and this collective energy, right? Yeah. There's, there's energy that's like, that's like there. That's like that, 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 that pushes everybody forward. And that none of that was there. So there was no leadership and there was no spirit. And when you have that, you have a soulless team that's just going to go out there and underperform all the time. But if you look at championship teams, you know, either that spirit comes from the leader, you know, like Steph Curry or Giannis or somebody that's like, you know, he goes out there and plays hard, but like their, their spirit is just so infectious. And, yeah. uh, but like the Nets didn't have any of that. And I don't know who that spirit is going to be necessarily in Brooklyn. I mean, in you know, Phoenix either, but um, but that was lacking. So he made a bad decision linking up with Kyrie, 
because his spirit is the opposite spirit, you know, like he's the guy that, you know, in, in when he was in Cleveland and they were winning, they didn't have a lot of joy because, you know, he just wasn't able to give that joy, you know, and LeBron had to, you know, do that, provide all that for the team yeah. to kind of end a counter to Kyrie. So when you link up with him, yeah, you're impressed by his skill. You're impressed by his ball handling. You're impressed by his ability to finish, you know, um, in with either hand or whatever else you want to praise him for as a basketball player. But you also got to look at just what he can do to to bring down a locker room just from his energy. And and I, if you look at what he did in, in Boston and just his track record, the minute you link with him, you got to figure out some way, okay, I want to play with him. But if you want to play with him, you need to have that spirit. I think DeAndre Jordan, maybe in theory, could have been that guy, but he's he was finished. Yeah, you know, like no matter what positive vibes he might bring to the locker room, if he can't play, it ain't helping. And uh, I think that's that's kind of what they ran into there. But um, but knowing yourself and knowing who you are, that's why I think the um that Warrior situation was ideal for him because it allowed him to just go who. Yeah, and and that, and that's how he was able to stand out is that he was able to go out there perform at a high level, not think about all that other stuff, face of the franchise type stuff, and you saw, you know, the best of him. You saw mm-hmm. him really thrive in that environment, um, and I think that now he's he's in a similar situation where at least from the leadership perspective, Chris has kind of got that handle. You know, he can he can be out there and kind of be the 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 diplomat, you know, and you know whatever issues the team has, he can address those kind of things, and just let Katie just do his thing, and yeah. so that's an ideal situation for him. But you know, one thing is, I think that that's lost a lot of times when we talk about bus riders and everything else, and all, all things that we that we use all these terminologies that we're using now to describe superstar players or whatever. You can't question what he did on the court. No. I mean, you can, maybe maybe the Boston series, you know, they flamed out and he didn't play well. That was one of his worst playoff performances. Probably his worst playoff performance to me it was. Um, but he also <laughs> knew Ben Simmons wasn't playing. They were playing him as like a seven-footer with, you know, four six-foot guards against the biggest uh, team in the league. So they had no shot, you know, no. not justifying it anyway. But he, he knew going in that they just – they were going to get destroyed. They didn't have the talent or the size to beat Boston. But um, but overall, for the most part, when he knows he's in a competitive situation, you can count on him showing up and giving you A-plus effort. And that's that, to him, is leadership. Yeah, he's a classic lead-by-example guy, right? And and you're right. Now that he's in Phoenix, he doesn't have to worry. Like, not that they have to worry. There's no Kyrie element there. There's very few Kyrie elements in the league uh, anyway. <laughs> There's only one. There's only he one. is really the only one. But if He's anybody, but look, Ay- Ayton can be sulky or whatever. Like Ayton's got his issues. Chris Paul, Kevin Durant does not have to worry about being the one to call out DeAndre Ayton, right? Chris Paul yeah. will do that. Um, they've also got obviously, you know, a great coach in Monty Williams. Although Monty's relationship with DeAndre Ayton was probably or was in fact part of the problem the Suns were having with their own chemistry before, but that seems to have kind of faded. Um, there's a what if that that you know, as with most what ifs. There's no answer to this, but you know Kevin Durant. You mentioned the, you know, that whatever eighteen and two run or whatever they were on before Durant's knee injury, and like for the first time, things were looking good. They were feeling good. The Nets were projecting the uh, image of a team that had serious title uh, 
possibilities, right? Yeah, you figure uh, they could be a buyer at the trade deadline and you yeah, know, really bolster he, the roster. Yeah, even I, as 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 the ultimate Brooklyn skeptic th- throughout this period, you know, I wrote they should blow it up back in early November, and then they went on this run <laughs> that a lot of Nets fans were saying, "See, see, you want to blow it up now?" Well, actually, yeah, I I had a point, uh, I guess. Um, but at that time, it, it, they looked like plausible contenders. I still didn't believe in them as contenders, but they were playing with the dominance of a team that had to be considered in the mix, right? And they were. Yeah. They were legitimately in the mix at that moment. Durant goes down. The the the, the uh, predictable thing happened. They lost a ton of games. And they started to get some traction toward the end there before Kyrie asked out. But what I, I can't remember what they were. Four and nine, whatever the record was. They, they lost many more games than they won in their Durantless period. And to me, again, the point of having two superstars is that if one guy is unavailable, the other one's supposed to be able to carry you also. And Kyrie could not at any point carry this team, the Nets, without Durant healthy. But during that period of time, Kyrie spent, you know, a couple of months there without creating a stir, no controversies, no distractions, played his ass off. No question. Kyrie was playing brilliantly. They didn't always win, but his numbers were unassailable. And what happens next? His agent slash stepmom goes to Chris Haynes, our, our friend from Bleacher Report and, and Turner Sports and says, we want an extension. And it's in the Nets court that he doesn't get the extension. What happens next? Well, then he asks out. If Durant never goes down, we'll throw this on the pile of what ifs. If Durant never goes down in January and they're winning still at that clip that they were winning at, they're dominating with both of them out there, both of them healthy. Kyrie's not now emboldened to say, I'm the reason that we're still afloat. Because what did he do the second he got to Dallas? He says, I did everything I was supposed to. I, they're yeah, still in first place be- yeah. because of me. No, dude, that's not the mission. The mission is to win a title. And the mission is not just about you. But it was very, very clear based on what he has said, based on what his agent has said, that he viewed his performance with Durant out as proof that I should get the extension that you guys have been withholding from me. And when he doesn't get it, he pouts and says, I want out. I I wrote this before, and I'm going to say it again. First time in NBA history that I'm aware of that a plausible contender blew itself up at midseason. And it's because Kyrie blew them up. Exactly. what, What superstar in this league, Michael, in all the years that you and I have been watching, either as reporters, as fans before that, whatever, when have we ever seen a star of Kyrie's caliber with a title in his sights at midseason say, I want off of this team that could win a title? And I think the what if part of it is if Kevin Durant never goes down, they're still winning a lot. They're winning with both of them great. Kyrie's not as emboldened to say, we're, you know, you, you owe me because of what I'm doing right now by myself. And maybe he never asks out. I don't know. Mm. I think some part of it too, and now I'm just going to speculate. I think there's some part of it where Kyrie was realizing like, man, without KD here, my job is a lot harder. And it, and he was looking bad because they were losing a lot of games. And I don't think he liked having all that pressure and scrutiny on him as not being able to carry them without KD. So I think you have to factor that in there too. But you know, look, I think all things being equal, Kevin Durant would prefer that he and Kyrie were still both in Brooklyn right now, I as think opposed so too. to yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think he wanted to leave. I think he felt like he had to leave um, because the reason and by he the was way, in Brooklyn. Let me interrupt just for a second. I want to make this clear. I don't blame Kevin for wanting out once Kyrie was out because once Kyrie was out, he had no chance to 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 contend again. And yeah. that's why I wrote the blow it up column when I did in November because to me it was inevitable that Kyrie would eventually be gone. One way or the other, the Nets were not going to 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 keep him. 
And once he was gone, Kevin Durant would want out too. That was the part of it that seemed clear to me. All right, you go. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that based on how everything played out, Kyrie was going to do this. He was going to pull this stunt. He was going to pull it. One way or another. You know, one way or another, he was going to ask out by the trade deadline. Um, he was not concerned about winning there. He was concerned about getting his financial security. And that's fine. You know, it, it is a business. It's, you know, whatever. But um, it's, it's sad that, you know, that a lot, a lot of people put their careers in his hands, and he, like I said, he just said, "I'm, I'm just gonna let the the car fly off the cliff, and y'all, you all figure it out." And like I said, I did my job, right? I, I drove us to the edge, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, if, you, if you thought I was gonna go off the cliff, you could have got off before me, but you didn't. And so that that's sort of what he did, and and, I, and that's that's one of the things that, you know, I'm disappointed, you know, with how things ended in Brooklyn because, you know, just imagine if you're a fan and like th- this trade happened so late in the year, like. If you're a fan of the Nets, you're just like, oh, when KD comes back, we're going to be all right. And then it's like you never get a chance to see him in a Nets uniform again. Like, I don't think anybody, when when uh, Jimmy Butler landed on his leg, thought that would be the last time they'd see Kevin Durant in a Nets uniform. No. Like, I don't think that was even a concept. Um, maybe it was the minute – maybe Kyrie thought that the minute it happened. That, okay, yeah. I need to get out of here now, you know, because, you know, either I'm going to be exposed as a guy who can't leave or um, – or, you know, it's just it's just not going to work out. But I think he knew all along the Nets didn't want him there long term. They weren't going to pay him the full four year contract because he didn't he wasn't deserving of it, you know. And and I think that's the one thing that is lost in all this when it comes to Kyrie and a lot of his fans is that, you know, you can't have this track record of blowing up contending teams and expect to get paid like you could, no matter how talented you are, at some point the league is going to get tired of you. They're going to get tired of your act. If you go to Cleveland and you win a championship, and then the very next year you have your defending champions and you sulk the entire season, then the man of trade at the end of the year to blow up a team that's going to the finals every year. Like people looking at you sideways, like, what's up with you? Why are you leaving this situation? Okay, you don't want to be under LeBron anymore. Cool. All right, we get it. You want to be your own man. Okay, we're going to give you a great situation in, in Boston. You got two young studs who are, you know, rising. You got Al Horford, stable guy, the deepest roster in the NBA. All we need you to do is show up and just be you. You don't have to be anything more. Just show up and be Kyrie Irving, and we can we can compete. You get hurt the first year. They go to the conference finals without you. Yeah. Don't go to game seven, have a chance to beat LeBron without you. And then the next year, you say, you know, hey, if you keep me, you know, if you want me, I'll stay or whatever. And, yeah. you know, say you, if say you'll have re-sign. me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you'll have me. Yeah. So you, you set them up to think that you're going to be there. And then you, you flame out as a leader. You call out your teammates repeatedly, you know, you clash with them publicly. And it's just like, I mean, what are you doing? And then you go out there and you have the absolute worst performance, you know, of anybody who's supposed to be a supposed superstar, like in the playoffs, like you have a horrible performance and you quit on them. You quit on a team that's built to win. And then you go to Brooklyn and like you have a chance to win a championship. And it, it, I don't know about you, but my third high head has not grown yet because I got a vaccine. <laughs> no, I you, have you, not, don't have, you don't have spoons magnetized to your shoulder. Not no. Every time I go past my car, it is not drawn to me. Right? It does not, I don't have to carry my car every time because I'm, <laughs> you know, it's drawn to me. So all you had to do to win a championship in Brooklyn was take the shot yeah. and you can say well he didn't he didn't have to that if you wanted to play in new york 
These are the rules. Yeah. And there, there are guys around the league who did not want to take the shot. Andrew Wiggins did not want to take the shot. But he was with the Warriors and said, you know what? I got a chance to win a championship here. I can get an extension if I play well. So you know what? I'm going to suck it up. Yeah. Even if I think there's a chip being put in me, I'm going to do it. <laughs> right? Imagine what happens, by the way, if Andrew Wiggins took the Kyrie route. The Warriors aren't winning that title last June. The Warriors will win a championship if he doesn't do it. But like yeah. he, 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 got, he got the shot. He, he did his head. He didn't grow a third head. You know, he seemed to get through that year. Okay. Um, and so he, so he he went through that and, and and he won and he got paid because he did that because he was willing to make a sacrifice for his team. Yeah. And like you can like there there are times where you where you take a stand and like I, I'm with you and I'm behind you and I think it's great if you if you you know take a stand for a a, a good cause. This was not a good cause. This was a selfish um, endeavor that cost your team a championship and cost your team a chance to really do something special. And what does he have to show for it? Yeah. Like what did Kyrie gain from that holdout? What it what it what 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 victory did he get from that? Everybody lost. Everybody associated with the organization lost. So if everybody loses, you're going to demand a max contract after that? It's like, ludicrous. It's yeah. I mean, like it's delusional. You didn't, you didn't make a single sacrifice your entire time throughout the duration of this contract, and now you play good for you play nice for two months after all almost blowing up everything at the beginning of the year. Yeah. He almost blew it up then. Yeah, by, by, by posting that video on Twitter, like you, you, you were on good behavior for six weeks, and now we gotta give you a max for four years. You think we want four more years of this? Of somebody who doesn't care enough to invest in winning, you know, and his teammates and doing what's right, you know, for 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 his team to move forward. Like you can't expect to be rewarded with money like that. And I don't know why people aren't seeing it that way, but for me, it's just frustrating. Yeah. And that, and then, and the fact that he pushed the, you know, you know, he 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 pushed the button to blow it all up, you know, when no one else really saw it coming, like that was just really selfish, you know, like they had they had a chance. I don't know if they were going to win a championship, but again, I think that at the trade deadline they could have gone in, in the position of a buyer, to really go out and try to bolster their, their roster and kind of you know, maybe add another big man, you know, or something to try to, you know, give them some bulk, you know. Uh, so they can make a deeper playoff run, but you don't go in and blow it up. Because the thing is, if you're asking for your extension at that point in February, that means you know you're going to act a fool once you get the money. <laughs> because if because you knew going into the year that you had to play for your contract, like you were in a contract year, so you had to you had to play for it. Yeah, right. You had to earn it. It was, to, it was well, probably the only thing keeping him in, you know, from going over the edge again. Yeah, and like. In a contract year, your first month of a contract year, you get suspended by the team for something that has nothing to do with basketball. Yeah. And then you go on good behavior for two months. You could have you could have rolled it out and and really done something and and and, and finished out this year on a, on a high note. And they would have rewarded you if you won a championship. Well, like, that's the thing for people who say that he was justified in asking out because oh well you know he's looking out for himself. He's got a right to 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 secure his own financial future as if his financial future isn't already like secure a zillion <laughs> times over. Um, we got to stop putting things in those terms, people. By the way, like let's not pr- apply real world economics about feeding your family or whatever to players or uh, or celebrities or anybody else who has made who have made tens even hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions. come on let, let, let's not be ridiculous Kyrie was going to be fine whether he got the extension or not it's still his business right to want to ask out if he thinks that's this 
going to lead to him getting paid. But the alternative to that is exactly what you just laid out, Michael. All he had to do was just just chill, keep playing great basketball as he's capable of doing, not rock the boat. And if they win a championship or make the finals or even make the conference finals and they do it with him playing at a high level and being normal-ish, he would have potentially been rewarded in Brooklyn. Or even if he weren't, they would have been willing to work with him on a sign-and-trade or other teams out there who are skeptical of him now and do not want to give him a max deal might have been more willing, probably foolishly, but more willing to give him closer to what he wants in free agency if they saw him stay on the path all season and help lead the Nets deep in the playoffs or to a title. So, and if I'm not mistaken, Dallas didn't give him a max contract, right? No, they're they're playing the wait and see game too. He, he's so, got to earn it with them. So why why would he uh, earn it with Dallas and not earn it with Brooklyn? Yeah, when Dallas everything was not, set up for him to succeed there. Right. If you were justified in ju- in asking out of Brooklyn because of, you didn't get the extension, then why then what's why why shouldn't you also be pissy with Dallas for not giving it to you the moment you you landed there? You know, I mean, give yeah, me a break. I mean, it's, um, just, it's yeah. Sorry, let's let me talk yeah. enough about Kyrie. Yeah, way way too much. Did not plan for that. Um, My bad. You can you can cut that out. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It was it was good righteous stuff. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum! And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play all right so what's at stake for durant now in phoenix sorry so he's sitting there today with his he has his press conference um they're welcoming him as as they should with open arms he has not played uh i think monty williams revealed that he has not played three on three or five on five yet so durant may still be weeks away um maybe he only gets 20 games maybe only gets 15 games who knows how many games he's going to get with them this season um, I've said many times because of that in part, they're a favorite, not the favorite, but they certainly have the talent to win it all. 
what do we what would we think is at stake now? Because if 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 Oklahoma was a place where he grew up and led a team to the finals but couldn't couldn't win against LeBron the first time, and then it's the team that loses to the Warriors, he joins the Warriors. We we you know people view that through a jaded lens. But he was he's got his two championships. He builds something new in Brooklyn that goes kaput, and now he's in Phoenix at age thirty four, soon to be thirty five later this year. We don't know how much more you know how many more great years he's got left in him. We don't know how much more Chris Paul's got left. He'll be 38 this year. Yeah. What's at stake for Kevin Durant right now? You know, there's a lot of potential there. Um, I, I feel like he's the ultimate plug and play part, part player. Yeah. Like, I don't know if, like, like the thing that I loved about him at Golden State is that, you know, you, you can say all you want. You, you, know, you put anybody on that team and it'll work. It, it won't. You know, you can't just put any superstar on, on that system and have him thrive the way he did. Like, he's a unique guy. And not even just go there and fit in. Like, he went in and was like, when the, when the moment needed it, he took over. But also didn't, like, step on toes. Like, he didn't do it in a that's way. A, that's a fine line to walk, by the way. It's like, a fine that ain't line. Easy. And, he, and, he, and he did it. Like, like Steph still got his numbers. Steph still, you know, was able to play at a high level. Clay led them in shots. Yeah, Clay took more shots than, than – uh, then, uh, then Katie and, and Steph Curry, which I don't think a lot of people realize. Like, so he let everybody be themselves and shine while he was able to really take over when they had to. And so I think that he can go there if he plays 15 games, 20 games, however many games it is, he's going to go in and it's not going to be a problem fitting in. And I don't even know if chemistry is, is necessarily going to be an issue because he's not that type of guy that he's going to disrupt anything he's if anything phoenix needed this shot in the arm because they were really i thought underachieving this year i know no they were done michael like as a contender they were done they were the finals two junes ago but they were done without this trade they were yeah and and so they they needed this jolt and he can give it to them right away and all of a sudden you know booker you know is playing for a purpose paul's playing for a purpose all these guys have a reason now to go out there and perform at a high level so it's funny because yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to happen, you know, uh, but I don't think that having a short time together is going to be what derails them. If anything, it will just be that there are teams that have just been together that are better. But he actually has an opportunity now that he wasn't going to have in Brooklyn with Kyrie. And that's to clean up the last four years. Like if he goes there and he wins right away, People won't even care about what happens. <laughs> Maybe Nets, fans Nets in Brooklyn fans, will. I suppose, yeah. Nets fans will, but I mean, the, the larger basketball um, audience is going to look at it as like, wow, look at this guy. You know, he comes here. And, and and think about the Suns' history. They don't have a long history of like finals trips and champ. They don't have any championships, mm-hmm. right? And so if he can go there and perform at a high level and take them to heights they've never seen, it, it could be a – career defining moment for him which is funny because you know like he's like you said it before like he, you know he's 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 an old man you know for the most part well but, and he's got um, and he's got two championships and two finals he, mvps he, he does, and a regular season mvp and he's one of the greatest scorers of all like he should have enough he, on he, its he, own he, he should but you know how like stupid basketball conversations are you know everything <laughs> is reduced to sadly how many rings you have and you know, winning one on your own and yeah. you know, all the stuff that, that we talked about in December that he said is kind of stupid. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but again, you can you, you you can also he can also go out there 
and win in both areas. He can win in his mind of just being, I'm just going to go out there and hoop. But he also can win in the eyes of like a Barkley or a Shaq who won't be able to call him a bus rider in this situation. No, no, no matter what, you know, even if Booker is like finals MVP or something and they, they wind up winning in that way, he will be the guy that elevated them to championship status. Yeah. And that's what he's, that's the position that he's in right now. And the, the one thing that's kind of interesting too, is that um, I see him, like I saw him at the other game the other night and like the crowd was just like, just so excited to have him. And he's like looking like kind of blushing almost that like these people, like they really love me. Like, they, <laughs> like this is like, this is a new experience. Like this, these people are like, they, they really feel in me and I haven't even got a bucket for them. And I, and I think being in that kind of environment, considering what the past, I guess six, eight years have been like for him where there's a, there's a fan base there that's passionate about his team. Like, you know, in New York, I mean, you're, you're, it's tough. It's tough to win over New York, right? Because the Nets fans, they're, they're, they're great fans, but the Knicks are the team in that city. Yeah. Yeah. The Suns are the all that you got in Phoenix when it comes to the NBA. So those fans, like, they, they're, they're going to get behind this team and get behind him in a way that Warriors fans couldn't. Um, and so it, it might feel OKC-ish in some ways in that these fans are really going to be behind him in a way that he hasn't had it in a while. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that that's going to be a motivator for him. You just hope that he can be healthy enough to go out there and perform. But the one other thing I think that makes it an ideal situation for him too, is that Monty Williams is there and he's a PG County guy. And, you know, anybody from the DC area that knows Katie, how much he loves PG County. And like, they got a phrase there, you know, it's in the water, you know, about when it comes to basketball, uh, Monty Williams is from PG and, you know, they, 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 they could, they can connect on that in a way that he couldn't with any other coach. I think um, we're together in Oklahoma, right? When Monty was they were together for a year there and, you know, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it was an unfortunate year for, for Monty and his family, but um, they they, they had nothing but respect for each other just for the type of man that he is. And, um, and I think he always admired, you know, him when he was coaching, you know, um, Anthony Davis in New Orleans and stuff. He's a guy that he's always wanted to kind of be around and, and, and learn from, not just about basketball, but just about life. And I think having this experience of being with him is going to be good for him too. Because um, one thing too is, um, you know, with Ke Kevin, for him, it's always about the connections that he can make, you know, and the bonds that he can form. And I think that having this opportunity with Monty um, will probably come at the right time for him in his career. I mean, I think he – enjoyed being around Jacques, you know, and just what he was able to provide the Nets. Um, but I think being around Monty and, and knowing that he comes from that spur system too, um, I, I think that that's going to be something that, that that can help, you know, elevate him in, in, in ways that, that he couldn't if he'd gone to any other team. So yeah. I, I think this is a way that he can sort of rebrand himself, you know, in a way. Um, I, I thought it was a good move to go back to number 35 too. So he had, had his best years in there. Um, because the I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but the one thing that that's kind of missing with with Katie and what Brooklyn ended for him is that you know there, remember there was a stretch there that you you had LeBron on your team, you were guaranteed to be on a contender, like yeah. you were your team was contending if you had LeBron. Yeah, it was the same way with KD. You know, from 2011 
2019, every year that he was healthy, um, they, the, the, his team was was good enough to get to the conference finals, except yes. for that year that Russ got hurt. Yeah. But if he was healthy and he was on the court, the the the, the floor for your team was the conference finals, which, you know, I think when the Nets signed him, that's what they hoped would happen. And they never even got to the conference finals at any of that, any point there. Yeah. So if he can go to his, go to the Suns and, and get them back to like a conference finals type team, it'll restore, you know, who KD is and what he, what he's been for, you know, most of his, um, most of his career. So there, there's a lot on the line. There's not a lot of time, but I, I think that if he goes in with the right attitude and I think that he's, he's in a really great environment for it to be something special. Um, you know, I, I hate it. I hate it for basketball in a lot of ways because um, nomadic superstars. I don't know if that's good for the game. I, I guess we'll it's a we'll learn for another day. Yeah. yeah, but um, but uh, but here we are, and I think that we can't just sit around and cry about the fact that you know guys don't like to stick around with with teams, especially when they get hard. But um, for what it is, I think it's a great opportunity for KD to really. Do something special. Yeah, I think both you and I would, you know, have this same this view that, um, like Steph didn't need the championship without KD and all <laughs> that stuff necessarily, but it didn't hurt for him to get no. that one right. It certainly helped cement and it helped quiet some of the people who were skeptics or critics about Steph's own finals track record or what he was able to do with or without KD. So like that last one can help. It didn't. LeBron James didn't need the one in Cleveland. But it helped quiet a bunch of stuff and noise about his his previous Cleveland term. He didn't need the one in L.A. necessarily to validate the one in Cleveland and the two in Miami. But each championship under certain circumstances, different circumstances at different stages of your career does help cement you when we're talking about the, the historical view, the pantheon, so to speak. And in Durant's case, to me, his legacy is secure. But had he won a championship in Brooklyn... Is it more secure and more cemented? Sure. If he wins this one in Phoenix, especially after the mess that he had between the Golden State Championships and arriving in Phoenix. Yeah. Like, I mean, to me, it's not necessary, but it all matters. It all helps kind of build it. And and I do think, as you've alluded to, he just kind of needs to restore a little bit of his own luster and, and take control of his own story again because Kyrie hijacked his story, frankly. And circumstances did. did too. You know, Kevin Durant's first year in Brooklyn – was spent just rehabbing from the Achilles. So he has one entirely lost year. He comes back. His first game, I will never forget this because I was there. Kevin Durant's first game in Brooklyn as a Brooklyn Net was in an empty arena. Like, never forget that. You're Kevin right. Durant made his <clears throat> debut as a Brooklyn Net in an empty arena because of COVID without like a hundred of us in the entire building counting media, staffers, the teams themselves, wow. whatever. It was it was the most surreal thing, one of the most surreal things I've, I've seen in my career. And so that when that's the way you start it, just the 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 symbolism of that and the omens like of that are 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 really striking. And when you talk about like there was never that same wow. bond with Brooklyn and and Kevin Durant, well, lost year, comes back during a year with no fans in arenas, and then eventually is off and on with his own health. Kyrie's done doing a, like it's just there just never was any traction or any any chance for there to to create that bond in the way that that he'll get that chance with Phoenix. And so, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm happy for him on some level that he's going to have that opportunity to build something different, not just with a, a team, but with the fan base. Um, and, 
Yeah, we we should wrap up. But before I let you go, I, I'm here at All Star Weekend. Uh, you are not this time, but we used to have a tradition of wrapping up All Star Weekend on Sunday nights on my previous podcast. Uh, so, be, but um, I don't know any any thoughts, uh, expectations, hopes for this weekend. You and I tend to both be All Star Weekend cynics a little bit. Uh, the dunk yeah. contest has petered out long ago. Um, yes. I do like the guys. I do like the fact that we are going to have the two captains or the all-star teams picking their teams playground style before the game on live TV on Sunday. Even cynics, uh, grumpy old men like you and me have to love this, right? Yes, please, Michael. Oh, I don't like that look on your face. No, man. I'm, I'm screaming in the clouds, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm the old guy screaming in the clouds. I, I hate Even it. on this? Even on the, t- the guys Especially picking the Especially on team. this. I'm, I'm, I'm still... <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple things. I'm still an East West guy. Mm. Still East West. I want East West. Yeah. I, I don't like. I don't like all this team Mixing LeBron, T. Giannis stuff. I don't like. Yeah. It's confusing as if, hell. If you're gonna do it, like it should be like the the uh, All Star Game coaches. Like if if you're if if you were the leading vote getter this year, you know you can't be the, the leading vote getter next year. Like we got to mix it up. Like so LeBron's captains. Been, yeah, yeah, LeBron's been the captain every year. Nothing against him, but like it doesn't. There's, I mean, whatever. I'm all, I'm an East West guy, and this is one of the numbers. I'm an East West guy. The uniforms since we've had this this thing have been garbage. <laughs> the uniforms are trash. Like I, I'm mad at Nike. I'm mad at the NBA that they keep trotting out garbage. The uniform all star uniforms used to be cool. Like, like I remember like during the retro jersey phase. Like you know, you had like an old All Star game jersey. Yeah. And it was pretty cool to walk around. Who's going to be wearing any of these retro all-star games? I, I liked when guys just wore their own team's jerseys, frankly. Yeah, I mean, do that. If you do that, then maybe we can do this whole, um, you know, pick pick your uh, uh, team thing. But the uniforms they've been coming up with are not innovative, and it ma- it makes me hate this whole new format. <laughs> I want to go back to East-West. I don't want to look at these ugly uh, things. They, they be trotting out there. All and All-Star right. Saturday – and I, and I'm 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 ranting again, but All Star Saturday, make the three point contest the the end of it. Like we don't need to we don't need to end on the dunk contest anymore. Like we're, we've moved past it. The stars don't want to participate in it anymore, and so it doesn't need, need to be you know the marquee event anymore. Like you know don't don't, don't hold fans hostage and watch make them watch yeah. that last. Yeah. You know at least there is some star power in the three point contest, and that seems to be the only event that has relevance you know in this in this day and age of the other game um so make that make that the event uh I, i'm not sure if the dunk contest carries the same weight anymore it's been what seven years since we had levine versus um, um Gosh, Aaron it's been Gordon. That long? yeah wow. man it's been that long i mean that was what kobe's last all-star yeah like it, it was we, we don't need to um don't need to keep forcing this on people anymore like it just it's not as fun anymore Especially when we don't get the stars in it, and I and it's, for me, it's it's just it's just frustrating because I I think that a lot of these young guys or young stars don't want to get in a dunk contest because they feel like they have to do something that has never been done before, and it's to me, it's not about that. It's just about seeing you do it. Like yeah. that, I was always mad that LeBron never got in a dunk contest because I thought that he would have won just off sheer star power. Like his name was going just just. Anything he did, if he did a windmill dunk that we've seen him do every game for the last 20 years, it would got a 50 because it's LeBron. And it's just the power to force all the excitement that he would generate just because he's in the contest would have been enough. So even now, like if we could get 
you know, John Moran or Anthony Edwards. I mean, these guys are like house of highlights guys. Like they're able to, you know, they're all they're on, they're on your phone every day. Like, oh, look at this amazing dunk. You know, if they're in the contest, it doesn't even matter what they do. Like, we just want to see the stars yeah. perform and they don't want to do it anymore. So I'm, I'm, I think the NBA needs to rethink All-Star Weekend, need to rethink All-Star Saturday night and stop rethinking the regular season. Like, don't touch my regular season. <laughs> Work on an all-star game weekend and, and try to, you know, put together a product that um that, that that can really help promote your your game, you know, the way you way it used to. Yeah. Um if you still if you still think it's important. But um but that's that's my all-star rant. That was phenomenal. That was uh, up to Michael Lee, All-Star Rant standards. I love it. The only thing I regret is that you couldn't be here Sunday night so that after we've seen it all, we could break it all down, rip the living hell out of all of it if, if it failed us. Or maybe, who knows, maybe we'd be pleasantly surprised. And maybe. You would, you would be, you would be uh, you know, you would have, have an All-Star weekend rebirth or something Sunday night. Maybe I'll night. make it a, a Twitter thread where I'll be like, things I hated about this whack All-Star weekend. <laughs> Be just all just a a pure hater, old old hater. I will uh, I will pass along your uh, your requests for a fresh look, as Adam Silver (laughs) calls it, to uh, to the to the commissioner Saturday night when we see him. Uh, Michael Lee, this has been great as always, man. Glad we were able to do this. Uh, Wish you were here with us here in in, uh, Salt Lake, but uh, we'll catch up in person soon for sure. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's always great to uh, to catch up with you, man. It's it's just fun. Okay, that's it for today's show. My thanks again to Mr. Michael Lee. Thanks to our producer, Shelby Royston. As always, thank you all for listening. Remember, you can hear Chris Mannix and me breaking down all the latest on the NBA every Tuesday on The Crossover. And on Fridays, it's me and a guest. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts. And hit me with all your feedback on Twitter, at Howard Beck. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.